listening to Money Talks. We're back. It's kind of a slow introduction. Uh, yeah, Jared, are you still awake over there, buddy? I am a little bit. I'm just hey, coming, back to, coming back to life here. Yeah, I, I saw the... Uh, are you trying to stab yourself? In the oh, no, I was just getting something out of my eye. Oh, I, yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of pollen in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no it's doubt. It's an outdoor studio, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a few more questions. All right, guys. All right. So uh, we do have a, we're going to call it, again, a situation, not that horrible word that Bill hates. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to call this a situation uh, that involves uh, Debbie and Lawrence. I think the names have been changed to uh, protect the innocent Uh who will be retiring next year, and they've got a few questions about uh, spending their life savings. Yeah, it's quite a, a common scenario we see, actually. I mean, obviously, we, the, the majority of our client base is retirees, and that's why we thought that, you know, this would be a good sort of situation to, to talk through and discuss and uh, kind of help Debbie and Lawrence here uh, identify some common uh, misconceptions, one, but also, you know, strategies in which they can optimize their retirement income because that's sort of where this transition becomes so meaningful. You know, most people are, are so used to being in that accumulation phase of their life mm-hmm. and then making the transition into the distribution phase is, is somewhat awkward is, is a lot of the feedback that I get from clients because you're going from having a paycheck to beginning to live off of what, you know, you've been working to save your entire life and that, that just feels differently. So there's a very distinct behavioral aspect to this. And so, you know, in their regard, they are, are retiring with a, a rather sizable, uh, nice nest egg of just over uh, a little about $3 million here in this case. And, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, well, so I don't know what I need or what, you know, at what age should I retire? When can I retire? That kind of thing. And, right. and it always seems to come back to with us, given how, how our approach to financial planning and, and investment management and what they're spending, right? I mean, that kind of drives what that number is for everybody. And so it's not, I don't think it's as simple as a general rule of thumb that can be identified for any one person. It's more so, look, if we can kind of nail down and hone in on what what your spending needs are and what you anticipate having to have in retirement, that would be in addition to, say, Social Security amounts, pension amounts, maybe rental incomes, things of that nature. Well, then we can better identify what it is that you need from the portfolio. And, and that really uh, is at the heart of how we plan. And I know DJ can talk a little bit more about this, but we are not age-based advisors. We uh, are very much liquidity needs-based. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we think it's a better approach uh, to determine what the liquidity needs from a portfolio might be to help us determine proper asset allocation than it is for us to base that on a, someone's age. Well, it, it also gets yeah. it gets to the individual's needs. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that don't intend to retire at the at the um, traditional age, right? Absolutely. And, and their needs will be different than someone who's going to retire early, for sure. Exactly. You know, it's funny because we well, and maybe not funny, but <laughs> there are clients where we run a plan and, and maybe they've got millions of dollars in their nest egg, and you know the plans show that there's a possibility of them running out of money, and then you know you can do that for someone someone else and maybe they've only got half a million dollars and they're going to make it just fine because it all comes back to the spending piece of this, right? And, and so if you can live off of and keep your spending in check, uh, an amount that would, would help you uh, extend the life of your assets, that's the key. It's not reaching a certain number right. or, 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 you know, an age. And, and on top of that, we don't run a portfolio that tries to use bonds to mitigate 
the volatility in the in the uh, portfolio. Maybe mm-hmm. that is the way that you you know you do it. But in reality, the bonds that we would buy for a client, uh, we assume that they're not going to appreciate as quickly, and that's more often than not over a long term, especially is right. is the case. Exactly. So you know we what we're trying to do is get them away from the volatility of the market within that ten year period when they need their assets for spending. Right. Otherwise, we assume that you know the market has shown us it's got about a ten and a half percent annual average return, although it very seldom hits that ten point five percent. It's quite often higher and then quite often lower. Right. Uh, but you know even including downturns like the the Great Depression, we can track that number back and the the return is about ten and a half percent. So why in the world wouldn't you want your wealth growing if in fact you don't need the money? Uh, for a long exactly. period of time, and we've we also use that 10-year period because we know that the market has uh, only a couple of instances with it uh, with a negative return over a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a huge decline, even like the one from 2007 and 8, we know that the market recovers. It recovered. It took a few years uh, to get back from 07 and 08, but we know that it recovers. And uh, it, when you have a positive return, wouldn't you rather have? Uh, that and grow your wealth instead of sitting there with lesser volatility. Yeah, you probably didn't fall as much, but you're also not going to make as much over a long period of time. So unless you need that, we assume that uh, your your portfolio should be managed in a personal manner. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think a lot yes. of the misconception comes from the fact that there are clients that are they're looking for that number because they're basing their, their target dividend yield off of, well, if I can survive off of 4% of this number, then that's what I need because that's that'll cover my spending. Well, yeah, but you're subjecting your spending needs to a yield that maybe isn't promised or may not always be there, especially yeah, if the company not is not. It's not promised, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, equity, equity dividend is not a promise. Yeah, yeah, and that's, the, that's a big uh, misconception that we see from you know day to day and all our clients that they come in they say hey listen my last advisor said I would just need a distribution rate of four or five percent on the portfolio we don't believe that because if the market falls ten percent sure. that four or five percent just increased you're gonna have to pull even more money that's why we we want to make sure that we set that that money aside and we plan or and you plan for the the specific needs for yourself you've got the social security income you've got your pension whatever those you know Whatever you have coming in minus what you have going out, we have to evaluate that. There's so much um, in every single you know client situation right. that's that's a differentiator. Yeah. You have to really do that comprehensive plan. So um, you know it's just something to, that you really have to have detailed conversations yeah. about. Now, proper liquidity planning is the key. Not necessarily chasing a certain number because that's going to vary not only for you but but for everyone. Yeah, and we see and it. it. The people that come in, they want a specific return. This is what I need. Well, how do you know that without that plan? Maybe a 4% return is not going to make that need, though it yeah. sounds nice, or a 6% or even 10%. Right. But if I can I can tell you if, that, if you're making 10% on a portfolio and you need 14%, that's a problem. So, guys, where were we in the in the conversation about spending your savings? Right. Yeah. Just just kind of getting back into that and clarifying a couple of things about how that looks as you get to the other side of the transition. Because the goal is to properly and adequately prepare for uh, the the your ability to pull from your pull money from your savings. Right. I mean, live off the portfolio. That's the goal. That's why you save for retirement. And so, uh, really, you know, we believe that. 
starting with a financial plan and trying to determine uh, what the liquidity needs for any given client might look like so that we can then uh, allocate a portfolio in a way that in, in, in the way that we would do it, uh, which is by breaking down um, the the fixed income needs or the liquidity needs from year to year and specifically over the course of the next 10 years so that we can ladder out a fixed income portfolio and really take out that element of whether or not your dividend yield is being achieved or uh, what effects the market might be having on the value of your portfolio and 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 probably most importantly of all eliminating your potential uh, need of having to sell a stock in a down market. I mean, that's the sort of the co- cornerstone of our strategy, which is why we prefer to ladder out fixed income needs so that you've got that money when you need it. It should be the, the maturity date on these fixed income uh, securities should match uh, your need for the money based on your financial plan. And, you know, while that money is working to uh, be there for you when you need it, you can have the remainder of your portfolio and that nest egg working to offset what you're spending. And this way, again, you eliminate those other variables and uh, can hopefully offset uh, what you're doing, which is effectively eating into your principal, which I know some people get nervous about. But if you've got a significant portion of your portfolio otherwise growing to offset what you're pulling and can achieve a balance there, that to us is going to be the most effective way uh, to to plan for liquidity needs in retirement and plan for it in such a way that you don't have to sell a stock when the market is down yeah, uh, in order which to is get what you risk. need. Absolutely. Well, not, not only is it a big risk, it's uh, it, it can be detrimental to your portfolio. Absolutely. Obviously, selling the stock when it's down is when you're most likely to miss those those uh, big up days. On top of that, if you sold it and you bought bonds while the market's down, what happens with to uh, to bond yields during a during Increasing a recession? Stock price. That's right. The, the, the price on the bond is higher. Yep. The yield is lower. You're you're locking in a lower return for a longer period of time. It's exactly backwards of what you should do. Uh, you know, it, I know uh, off the air, Jarrett, you said that you had a client who had uh, wanted to know, you know, with the market having gone up so much, what is it that you would recommend me do? Well, number one, we don't try to time the market. The financial plan, if it says that you don't need liquidity, right. uh, obviously you leave the money in the market. If right. I, You know, there, there, it is a good time. If you do have spending needs that are identified over the next 10 years, it's probably a great time to go ahead and uh, take some out of equities and, and put that into bonds. And if not, and all your money is in equities and, and that's where you should be, why not rebalance your portfolio? Yeah, Try to yeah. take some money off the table from those stocks that have that have uh, run so much. Uh, if your portfolio still has recommendations and they're underweight because they haven't performed as well as the overall market, why not put a little more money into them? Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're, they're most likely going to be uh, uh, maybe not undervalued, but uh, less – uh, premium on those particular stocks. So, uh, it'd be a great time to, to, uh, ask your advisor if it's, a, it, you know, it makes sense in your portfolio to rebalance. Right. Well, that's yeah. a great point. I mean, look, you eliminate the risk there of, of having to, uh, to, to worry about what the market is doing. Like to your point in this client that we were talking about is, he is worried about what's happening with the market. And while we are too, I mean, it's not as meaningful day-to-day to us as it is long-term. So when you've got a strategy that effectively, uh, and in our opinion, would have navigated you pretty successfully through the Great Depression, then whether or not we slip into a recession over the next two or three years or whatever that time frame ends up being is not necessarily as meaningful as it would be if, if, if you know you didn't have a strategy in place that was going to uh, prevent you from having to sell stock in a down 
one market. But there are a lot of people, and I know you say obviously that is obviously what we would do, but so many clients come to us and have, have been implementing or had been a part of a strategy in the past that is based on a dividend yield or a, a certain uh, portfolio value that um, this kind of seems foreign to them. But just know that you need a plan in place in order to help you determine uh, what what liquidity needs you might have from your portfolio. If you don't, you're going about it somewhat uh, blindsided, in my opinion, because otherwise, how do you know what a proper allocation is? If you're risking money that you know you'll need in the next, you know, let's just say five years even, Right. well, then if you're worried about market levels and where they are, you certainly don't want the money invested in a way that is going to be meaningfully impacted by even a small downturn in the market. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And if I can, I just want to speak quickly on taxes. So uh, also one big point is if you need obviously $100,000 a year, let's just assume you're having Social Security come um, into your accounts and you're you're taking a pension. Those are taxable income needs, right? right. Absolutely. You also have a distribution need. So the money, uh, the additional money that you're going to have to start spending is coming from some other bucket. That could be a savings account or, or a taxable brokerage account. It could come from a Roth or it could come from a 401k or a traditional type IRA. Right. So wherever you pull the additional funds from is going to affect your taxes. So mm-hmm. you, if you have to spend $100,000 a year, not including their tax liability, where you pull the money from and how we're allocating what, what money's where is also going to come into effect, which is an important aspect of this whole planning aspect. Um, what we don't want to see happen is the year before you retire, you come into us and say, hey, here's what I got. What's the problem? What's our strategy? Well, it's a lot easier to have a strategy, meaning let's save a little to the 401k, save a little to a, a Roth IRA, and then maybe save to a uh, or, or a Roth 401k, and then you know some taxable savings. So you ha- you're able to to pick and choose and and to have a little bit of dynamic on those buckets that you have. In yeah. addition to the the income Absolutely. taxable yeah. income needs you the, have, the so earlier you the earlier you plan, the more flexibility you can have right. in that plan right. when it comes time to implement it. Right. Yeah, the tax status of those investments matter. That's a great point and something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break, guys, and we'll come back with some more questions answered. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments, It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.